hour here of Follow the Money. Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Mitch and Paul. They will be back on Monday. Time just flies by the final hour. Yeah, man. Having a lot of fun here today. Being with, made fun uh, of. Baby Francesa. Yeah, that's right. It hurts more than I show. <laughs> just going to put it out there. It hurts more than I show it to be. Uh, all right, New York Yankees. Uh, they have started to turn things around here, humans. Lineup is starting to crank out some hits. John Carlos Stanton is in the midst of a hot streak. Uh, he has been absolutely incredible. Home runs, back-to-back games now in this Astros series. They get a win last night, 6-3 to three over the Houston Astros. And against, by the way, one of our sell-high pitchers, Luis Garcia, put together a solid performance. So it took him 92 pitches to get through four and two-thirds, but two hits, three earned runs, two walks, eight strikeouts, one tater tot, courtesy of Giancarlo Stanton for Garcia. So solid outing for him, ultimately, though, ends up in a loss. And now the Yankees come back here today to take on the Houston Astros to close this thing up, they've been performing very well, and this is kind of the danger. We talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers are in the midst of a slump right now. The Yankees were at the beginning of the season, too. Yep. That's why you play 162, large sample size, cream rises to the top, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to talk about. Throw all the cliches out there. Right, that's right. Yeah. Regress to the mean. We're five uh, weeks into the more. season. Five weeks into it. So it was, uh, you know, somewhat of an overreaction when uh, it's over. Uh, the Yankees started 5-10 and 10 and there was panic, widespread panic about the uh, – how bad the Yankees are going to be. I'm not crazy about how the team's put together, uh, but the Yankees have rebounding in a hurry. And, you know, they got lucky. They faced teams like the Tigers they were able to beat up on. But this series, I think, has been a big positive for the Yankees, who are 11-5 and now, actually 11-4 and in their past 15 games, have won five in a row, and uh, have a chance to finish off the Astros today. And they should do it, JVT, because Garrett Cole is on the mound against Lance McCullers, and Garrett Cole right now at DraftKings, a $2 favorite. So Yankees minus 200, total of 7.5. And, a half, and uh, the Yankees got a chance here to uh, win six in a row and really get on a roll and uh, put away a team that uh, they couldn't wait to face in the Astros because they wanted to uh, get revenge for the cheating scandal. Something I, you're not down with. No, I think it's a joke. But the, who cares about the cheating scandal at this, pa- yeah. at this point? Let them hear it. So, totally yeah. down with it. Inflatable, inflatable trash cans, all of it. Let them have it. Doesn't they, doesn't they get old to you? I, well, like I said, but the difference is nobody got their crack at them yet. This is the first season. You got to let, let it play out for one more year. It's an old let, story. Let this happen. Uh, you sound like Dusty Baker. Uh, let's just stop. Who has not among us committed sin? That's a strong um, take from you. I, I think Francesa would be proud. No, well, <laughs> I could do my Francesca impression, but I'd rather do the Francesca impression where you get paid millions of dollars. Uh, all right, so Yankees, by the way, 4-2 and two in their six games that Cole has started. Cole coming off of two just untouchable performances against the Tigers and the Indians. 13 total innings pitched, 7 total hits, 1 earned run, and 23 strikeouts. Uh, by the way, Angels in action later today. Otani was absolutely fantastic. Showtime last night in Anaheim. I thought Shohei, Shohei was great, but it was the same thing. Yep. He strikes out 7. Uh, he gives up one hit over five innings, but he walks six, and he can't go deep into the game. How about tonight's uh, starter for the Angels? Tell you what, Andrew Heaney, man, he's performing well. He is one of our buy-low pitchers, and once we get numbers up on this game, I think it's tempting to look at Heaney. He's been absolutely fantastic, getting guys to swing and miss outside of the zone. His ERA differential, 224, very, very good buy-low candidates. Follow the money here on VSIN. Will Hill joins us next. This is Brent Musburger, and here is your VSIN action update. Now, here are the latest lines from my guys in the desert. The PGA Tour tees off this week at the Quail Hollow Club in Charlotte. They did not play the event a year ago due to COVID 19. Co favorites, John Rahm and Justin Thomas at 10 to 1. Bryson DeChambeau's 12 to 1. Rory McElroy, 16 to 1. 
Pittsburgh Penguins with $3.50 home ice favorite against Buffalo today, plus $2.90. Six under at the PPG Paints Arena. Brooklyn has dropped three straight. They're two back at Philadelphia with the best record of the Eastern Conference. They're laying four at Dallas, 233.5 at the American Airlines Center. In baseball, the A's $1.25 dog at home against the Blue Jays. VSIN gives you the tools to increase your sports betting IQ and make the most of every bet, including our 24 7 video coverage, odds and analysis for every game, our daily members only best bets email, and in depth coverage each week in Point Spread Weekly. Now's the time to sign up for your 10 day free trial, vsin.com slash subscribe. With your action update, I'm Mike Sennett. Get the latest VSIN odds at vsin.com. And remember, cash and tickets is what it's all about. Time to follow the money with your hosts, Mitch Moss and Polly Howard. Live from the OddsTrader.com studio at Circa Resort and Casino, OddsTrader.com. Download the free OddsTrader app right now. Start winning with up-to-the-second info that you need. Baby Francesa, Matt Humans here with you at the final hour. You are Baby um, Francesa. That's what I said. Baby Francesa and Matt Humans. Okay. Yeah. Made the distinction. Don't worry. <laughs> Steer into the bit. It's what we do. We're entertainers at the end of the day. Uh, let's welcome in William Hill. Nice enough to give us some time. We William Hill kind of reminds me of Big Ben Rothwell. Kind of looks like if I said he looked like a UFC fighter. What do you think, William Hill? Do you do you feel like you look like Big Ben Rothwell? I've heard Wentz before. I've heard Carson, Carson Wentz, Wentz before. And I was watching the show. They said JVT looks like somebody. I was trying to rack my brain, think who it was. I couldn't think anyone. Now I cannot see the mic unsee the Mike Francesa. I mean, it really. That's just it's the too hair. good. I cannot see it now. The hair doesn't help. I didn't realize the that we hair, had such the yeah. glasses. It's everything. Yeah, you just more, need the bank, the, the bank account, and you're good to go. That's always missing right. is a bank account. You're right. That's that's all you're missing. How much do the glasses help? You could get that pretty soon. Put the glasses back on, and you look just like baby princess. <laughs> All right, William Hill writes for Point Spread Weekly. He's on the Lombardi line, all sorts of ESIN shows. Thanks for jumping on Follow the Money with us this morning. Your column this week in PSW caught my eye because you made a couple plays to tie in two of the biggest quarterback dramas in the NFL. And uh, Deshaun Watson, who might sit out the season in Houston, and Aaron Rodgers, who looks like he's going to retire or force a trade from Green Bay. Uh, explain your two plays here. And... Uh, where did you find? Where can you still find the Vikings at three to one odds to win the NFC North? And also, you're going to bet the Houston Texans under their win total. Uh, try to find that and play that at the number five under for the Texans. Right? Those are your two plays this week in PSW. Yeah, this is why it helps to have multiple outs. There are some uh, some markets where the divisions division odds are still up. I don't know if you guys see them anywhere, but that's to me that's the way to play it to play it for the uh, for the Rogers news. I don't know if you guys are fans of The Office, but there's a line where Angela says, I haven't spoken to my sister in years, and I don't remember what the fight was about, bragging about how stubborn she is. To me, that's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to give in. <laughs> I right. don't think he's going to give in. Maybe he gets traded. But with this news, you can you could just play the Vikings. You don't have to anticipate where he's going, whether it's the Raiders, the Broncos. I actually think Miami's a decent sleeper for him with you know with no state income tax, all the assets they have. But to me, if if Rodgers isn't on the Packers, the Vikings become a huge favorite. You can cross off the Lions. Uh, you know, love for the Packers makes them you know a 500 team. The Bears, I, I don't think, are as good as the Vikings. So to me, the Vikings at plus money is the play. 
Um, and then with the Texans, I, ugh, I'm not Atticus Finch. I'm not a lawyer here, but it looks like Watson is a huge underdog to avoid some sort of suspension. I, I you think, you know, with, with all the accusations, um, you know, with the league's precedent for punishing off the field behavior, it looks like he's going to get something. And I think people forget how good he was last year. I think 36, 37 total touchdowns, seven interceptions, and they still went four and 12. They still, this is a team with holes all over the place. No first round pick, no second round pick. Their first pick was 67 and they spent it on a quarterback. So that tells you something that, you know, they don't think this is going in the right direction either. Just holes all over the roster. Um, and Tyrod Taylor, to me, with this roster, this is this could be the worst team in the league. So I'm looking for an under. I know there's some four and a halfs out there. I think that's moving towards the under. Well, I believe also in the office, we were told by Kevin Malone, if you get 10,001 odds on something, you have to take it no matter what. That's right. That's right. I forget who was the president. That was a presidential <laughs> prop, I believe. Yeah, it was a prop. It was somebody win president. It was like a movie star yes. or something like that. Where can we get 10,000 watt odds <laughs> on what right now? Huh? I don't know. But to, oh, okay. to Will's point, what he was talking about, I was just looking right now, you, William Hill, uh, William act, Hill, ironically. You actually like his idea of uh, Rodgers to the Dolphins. You talked about that oh, a yeah. couple days ago. Will, humans, yeah. humans scoffed at me the other day when I suggested <laughs> the Miami Dolphins as a landing spot Marcos for him. bust. Uh, but, you know, you mentioned the key point. This is a team that's been loading up on assets over the last few years. Don't they love Tua? I don't think they do. Okay. Uh, I, I, oh, here's this. They might love Tua. I would love Aaron Rodgers more, right, given the status of this roster and where they're at. So I think Miami's perfect. And to William Hill's point, too, or to Will Hill's point, over at William Hill, you can get the Vikings a plus 360 to win the division. So still hovering that's in that range number. and actually a little bit better like uh, than the 3-1 to one that we're kind of throwing around here. So I like those two completely. Uh, anything on football? You want to go to baseball? Uh, let's go baseball. Well, uh, William Hill with us. And, uh, well, we talked about the Yankees a couple weeks ago. We were both uh, a little bit sour on uh, this team. They were 5-10 and 10 right out of the gate. The Yankees now 11-4 and four in their past 15 games. How much better do you feel about the Yankees than, uh, than we did a couple of weeks ago? I feel a lot better. I think yeah. they've actually pitched better than you think. They've gotten some good games out of Kluber, and if you look at Kluber, he's a guy whose velocity ticks up as the season goes on. Yep. Goes on. So he's pitched pretty well. Tyone's given him some good starts. Herman's not bad. Chapman's been unbelievable. I mean, not that he's going to sustain this and not that a reliever can win the MVP, but that's the type. Like, if he were to sustain this over six months, over a full season, I mean, his numbers are that good where he'd get some MVP votes. <laughs> And the rest of the division, I mean, nobody really scares you. I think Boston's going to come back to the pack. I don't really like their pitching. Toronto's got a good lineup. I don't love their pitching. Tampa's a bit of a mess with the bullpen. So I think they, you know, there's there's really not a lot of teams just overall in baseball. Everyone's kind of meshed together. So, you know, they were able to overcome the slow start. Nobody was able to pull away from them. And look, we know they're going to hit. We, we, we know they're going to hit. And, uh, you know, the, the, the bullpen's been good. And I, I like the under here today with Cole and McCullers. I think McCullers is a guy that could give them some trouble because they're so right-handed. And McCullers throws a lot of breaking balls, a lot of curves, a lot of, a lot of sinkers. I'm sure you remember that game seven back in 2017, the ALCS, where he threw like 25 straight curveballs against the Yankees. Sure. And, uh, and, and Cole's going for the Yankees. And Cole was good last year, not great. This year, he's been as good as advertised. You know, 10-plus mm -hmm. strikeouts, four of the six starts. Hasn't given up more than one or two run in any of the starts. Uh, first time seeing these Astros uniforms in person since he was on the Astros game seven of the 2019 World Series. I still can't believe they didn't put him in that game with that big with that three run, two or three run lead. I think it was three one in the eighth inning, something like that, and they left him in the bullpen. But I like the under here. Total seven and a half at DraftKings Astros Yankees early start today 105 p.m. Eastern mm -hmm. in the Bronx. Garrett Cole minus two dollars. So you're just playing the total here. And you're not playing the side, right? 
Yeah, just playing the side. A little little rich for my blood laying the $2, so I'm just going to play the under. And you got to hold your breath with these unders. Maybe split your bet with the first five because we saw it a couple times yesterday with with these uh, these extra innings when you're just your bet's almost dead when it goes to extra innings. Man, this this rule with the man on second just kills, kills the unders. That's true. Uh, a quick clarification before we get to the next game. 10,001 odds on John Mellencamp to win an Oscar is what Kevin Malone was betting on. So he's got that ticket in case it ever happens. Uh, all right, another early start here. Let's go to Milwaukee and Philadelphia. Brandon Woodruff, Zach Wheeler. Well, what are we looking at here? Philly on a little bit of a roll. We're looking at uh, actually some varying prices. Pick and a slight shade to Philadelphia, depending on where you shop, with a total of seven shaded to the under. Yeah, I like the under. I, I really like the under in these day games, especially these getaway games. You know, the umpires have a flight to catch. The players have a flight to catch. You get maybe sometimes a little bit of a bigger zone. Guys swinging early in the count. Maybe I know that's just narrative-based, but I, I like the under in these day games. And I love Woodruff. You know, great stuff. Swing and miss stuff. A lot of ground balls. A lot of strikeouts. Wheeler's been a little more mercurial. You know, he's had some really good starts, some really bad starts. I'm, You know, it's a small sample size, but I'm, I'm higher on Wheeler, so... I like the under here. I think both, both bullpens are pretty well rested. Hader and Williams didn't pitch yesterday or the day before, so you could get you know seven, eight outs out of those guys. Uh, Coonrad and Naris didn't pitch for the Phillies. That's always something to look at, too, is looking at these bullpens. So I'm going to play the under here. All right, let's go to the uh, NL East, at least one of the teams in the NL East. Madison Bumgarner is going to oppose the Miami Marlins' Pablo Lopez. Finns right now the only team with a positive run differential in their division, although they are dead last at this point. Yep. Laying a pretty solid price, dollar twenty-four. We're looking at as high as a dollar thirty-six. Uh, what is the analysis here between the Marlins and the Diamondbacks, William Hill? My analysis was just stolen by you. I was going to say, look, typical Marlins. They're in last yeah. place, but they're they're plus eighteen in runs, and the rest of the uh, the rest of the division is minus in runs. Again, it's it's a small sample size. You're going to see some screwy things only a month in, but. That's kind of crazy. I, I think Lopez has always been an analytics darling. A lot of swings and misses, a lot of weak contact, not a lot of walks, a lot of strikeouts. Uh, kind of came into his own last year, had a really good season, pitched well this year. Um, this is a fade to a bum gardener who I can't quite figure out. I was looking to fade him coming into the year, velocity down, but I don't know if he's pitched well because he's mixed, mixed up his repertoire. It looks like he's throwing some more curves, some more cutters. But I like the Marlins here. I think the Marlins have a solid team. The you know Arizona's missing a couple of guys on offense too, which which helps your bet here with the Marlins. And I think we've seen the Marlins take some money here. It's up to you know one. What are you guys looking at? Minus one thirty-seven here. Yep. So I think we've seen some some uh, Marlins money come in. A couple spots you can grab the Marlins minus one thirty, including Circa, and it looks like William Hill Sportsbooks in Nevada minus one twenty-four. If you like Miami, uh, let's go to Oakland. This will be a 12.30 p.m. start Pacific time. Blue Jays and A's. Hinjin Ryu, the lefty against Michael Fires. And uh, the Blue Jays' road favorites here at Circuit, minus 127. Total of 8.5. Uh, Will, which way do you plan to play the Toronto-Oakland game? Yeah, I don't bet many overs, but this one to me is an over. I think Fires, this is a tough matchup for him. He's a fly ball pitcher. You know he's in. It's in Oakland, so that helps him a little bit. But this is a tough lineup for him. He, you know, less, way less than average stuff. You know, mid upper eighties fastball. Just more of a filling guy. I think Lazardo broke his pinky playing video games. I mean, JVT, <laughs> you, you millennials, JVT. I don't know what to say. JVT can relate um, to that. JVT, have you ever suffered an injury playing video games? Other than hurt pride, no. Did you pound your fist on the table and break break your uh, break your hand? No, anything like that? I was called a, a beezy by a twelve year old the other day on Call of Duty. That kind of hurt, but other than that, no physical injuries. 
Yeah, and I, and I like I like pitching. I would just take the, the the Blue Jays, but I don't like backing pitchers coming off the IL. I think it's hard enough to win when you're 100. Right. Even if you're 90, 95 percent coming off the IL, you're either out of rhythm, you're not 100 percent yet. So I'll go with the over here. Two pitchers I don't love in this spot, and two offenses that are pretty good. Couple of, most books right now, you can play this over eight. By the way, even though the total's eight and a half at circa. Hey, well, really quickly, when you're evaluating some of these pitchers, you kind of walk us through your process. You know, I like to use a lot of these analytics and these numbers to find guys who are maybe pitching either out above their skis or maybe getting a little bit of bad luck and finding some value on them. I think one good guy to look at tonight is Heaney. We haven't had a price yet, but what's your evaluation when you're looking at these pitchers when you're handicapping these games? Yeah, it's kind of all-inclusive. I'll look at the stats, the, you know, the FIP, the XFIP, um, you know, all the metrics, there's so many numbers out there that it's, it's a little exhausting at times to look at everything. And then there is, uh, you know, something for the eye test where you watch a guy throw and you either like his stuff or you don't. So there's, there's a lot of data out there, which is good for the better. And, uh, you know, we're at that weird point of the season that right now where it's, it's still a small sample size, but it's not a, a sample size you want to ignore either. So, you know, you gotta, gotta have to take into last year in account and, and, you know, pedigree and, and how these guys have pitched throughout their career and, and weighing what they've done this year. Well, you know, in reference to that, JVT, when you look at a pitcher like Garrett Cole, can you find any negatives? Because Cole's numbers are just lights out to this point. He starts for the Yankees as a, a two-to-one favorite. No, I don't. you can't. Like, all of his yes. numbers are, the phrase I've been using, are tight. Like, there's really nothing in terms of finding flaws in a game like that. Like, it's really hard to find it. And the only thing you're going to get is every once in a while, the ball's just going to find the plate a little bit more on a, any given day, and they'll probably just get dinged up a little bit. But other than that, more often than not, he's going to put together a really solid performance. William Hill with us, Point Spread Weekly writer at Not The Will Hill on Twitter. About five weeks into the baseball season, Will, how has uh, your baseball betting gone to this point? It's been going good. You know, yeah. I think, man, you got to really take into account that the baseball seems different. Offense is just way down. It's so hard to score runs. I don't know if it was with you or it was with uh, Wes and with uh, Brady. I, I said mentioned that there were some props out there. Will there be another perfect game? Or will there be a perfect game? Will there be a no-hitter? I like yes on all those, and we saw a no-hitter yesterday. I just think we're not done seeing no-hitters, especially when the Tigers play every day. We're definitely going to see a no-hitter, <laughs> uh, another no-hitter. It's just so hard to hit between right. the shifts. The velocity these guys are throwing definitely seems like the ball is de-juiced. It's not flying out of the ballpark like it used to. And you look at some of the stats. I mean, Glaber Torres, who's a good hitter, doesn't have a home run. Lindor, I don't know if he got one yesterday, but at three RBIs, he's hitting like 150. I mean, some of the stats, it's just, you know, it's really hard to hit the ball. And I don't, I don't know where you guys stand on some of these dramatic changes in order to get more offense or get the ball and play more. I think getting the ball and play more is is really the key here, moving the mound back. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm more of a traditionalist. I'm curious what you guys think about that. Just juice the balls again. All right, yeah. so then Jock Peterson can actually have a walk-off as yeah, opposed to the one Jack, that dies at the Jock Peterson with the bat flip last night, thought he had the home run. That was in. a crazy game. Oh, my God, that was a crazy game. Did you guys stay up and watch that? Oh, yeah. Stay mm -hmm. up. It was early stay out up. here. I was going to say, you, you tell he's an right. East Coast guy. Uh, you're right. Yeah, that ball didn't even get to the warning track, did it, after Peterson yeah. did the bat flip? Barely. Like it was, man. Barely. <laughs> and then Rizzo doesn't step on first. Baez thought he stepped yeah, on right. first, so they don't throw to first. And then Muncie hit the ball off the wall before that. They get the runner throw. I mean, there were just seven or eight twists and turns. And then the Cubs were down to their last out. They didn't get the man over 
and I think it was the 11th inning down a run uh, with the man on second. He's standing there with two outs, and then they give up, they tie it, and then they win it. Just a crazy game. I can't believe how badly the Dodgers are struggling. I think that goes back to the baseball being dejuiced, and these games are just more random. You know, and when the balls are juiced, these power hitting teams like the Yankees, the Dodgers, they have a huge advantage because you're going to hit two or three home runs a lot of these nights. Now these games are lower scoring. It just makes it more random. Now, last night, Mookie Betts 0 for 6 with three strikeouts. No Cody Bellinger in the lineup. Dodgers get swept by the Cubs at Wrigley and drop last night's game 6 to 5. So you and I talked about the Yankees off to that poor start a couple of weeks ago. They were 5 and 10. Uh, how discouraged would you be when you look at the Dodgers at this point now that they have what they what have they dropped JVT 12 of the last 16? Yes. Uh, to fall to 17 and 15, well. Yeah, it depends what the question is. Like, are you going to be shocked if they win the World Series? No. I mean, if you had to right. pick one team to win it, you'd probably still pick them. But just in terms of betting them every day, I mean, I don't know if the numbers have adjusted where there, there's value on them. It's just, you know, you look at some of the names in the lineup, you know, the Matt Beatties, the, the Chris Taylors, the Austin Barnes of the world. There's definitely a drop-off after the first, you know, four or five guys. There's been issues with the bullpen. Um, you know, and, and it's been a struggle. And you look at the record that, what would you say, 17 and 15? I think they're 6 and 1 against Colorado. So, I mean, if you take those yeah. games away, it, it's really been unimpressive. And and they had a good start. So, I think there's definitely some cause for concern now. Look, the, the Dodgers, they're probably still the best team and, and they're aggressive. So, they'll add a player at the deadline, if anything, too. But uh, look, no Bellinger, no May. They've, some of these injuries have definitely started to catch up with them. That's right. Dustin, Dustin May, done for the season. So, some of that starting pitching depth that we thought was going to be. So impressive. Not there for the Dodgers. JVT, that's William Hill, Point Spread Weekly contributor at Not The Will Hill. Hey, Will, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate the time. Thank you for having me on anytime. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Check it all out. Look at that. What a pro. I wasn't going to do that. Company man to the right. promo. Actually, go to VEASAN.com slash JVT. That's actually a thing. You can check that out. VEASAN.com slash Baby Francesca. I think Bill's working on changing it right now. With exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boosts, and the largest offer of live in-play options, BetRiver Sportsbook, the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting, and to make your experience even more rewarding. Those two R's right next to each other. Just get me every time. BetRivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Got to be 21. If you have a gambling problem, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. Iowa, call 1-800-VETS-OFF. All right, let's get the bets, bets. Best bets. Whatever, we have them. Whatever you call them. Age before beauty. Go ahead. Uh, okay, let's go with uh, – I'm going to roll with the Atlanta Braves to win the National League East. Now, this is a baseball future. Typically, don't throw out a lot of these, but you've got me on this uh, buy low, sell high kick right now. And I feel like we're buying low with the Atlanta Braves. Right. They're a game and a half out of first. They were the favorites going into the season in the division. Now at DraftKings, you can get the Braves at plus 180. 
Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, who were in first, just a game over 500. They have plenty of flaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, the New York Mets going to get Noah Syndergaard back at some point. The favorites right now, DraftKings plus 125. You know I love Ronald Acuna, Freddie Freeman. When the Braves pitching comes around, I still feel like that's the best team in the division. You love Ronald Acuna? Oh, yeah, he's awesome. I, I told you one day when we were doing a show together many years ago that I loved Yogi many Ferrell. Years. Many years. Yeah, I told you that I uh, loved Yogi Ferrell as a point guard. You told me I was not allowed to love Yogi Ferrell. Okay. I really like Ronald Cunha a lot. <laughs> <laughs> really, really like your Cunha. <laughs> many years ago. Plus 180 on the Braves to win the division. Uh, the NBA play I like tonight was one I had circled. I think the Pacers are a play against. Yep. Uh, Aaron Renning is really big on the Atlanta Hawks tonight. You are too, so I'm going to defer to you. You're the NBA guy. Is that going to be your best bet in the association where you play the Hawks minus five? It is a best bet. It is? Indiana Pacers okay. play against your man. Look, there's a lot that goes into it, right? We can go to the anecdotal narrative stuff where we watch the Indiana Pacers fall apart on the sidelines and fight one another, yeah. coaching staff, and Goga Patadze going at it. Uh, Goga Patadze not really striking me as like a an alpha that gets into fights a lot, but... Uh, it happened yesterday, and this team is just, from a performance standpoint, not putting up very good efforts defensively. Actually, and I'll give this caveat against quality offensive teams, right? You know, for example, yesterday against Sacramento, the issue that killed them was their offense. But look at some of these defensive ratings against quality offensive teams. Washington the other day, humans defensive rating of one thirty one point two, defensive rating of one twenty one point two against Brooklyn. How about Portland, who gouged them for one hundred and forty three point six? Like all of these, in the, you go through their schedule. Because if you put like the go through like their last ten games, their defensive rating is actually hovering around average, like fifteenth. But then you realize their schedule has included San Antonio, Oklahoma City, Detroit, Oklahoma City again, right? Sacramento. This is a team that is not playing very good basketball. Indiana, weak. right? Weak. The schedule's been pretty poor. And then you get the Atlanta Hawks, who have been complete now at this point, other than their two young wing defenders playing basketball. And by the way, this game does mean something still. The Hawks now, a little bit of blood in the water. Knicks lose yesterday, only the half-game difference between the two in the race for the four seed. So this is a very important matchup for Atlanta. Pacers still floating around in that 10-seed area. But I think Atlanta, this is a play-against spot against Indiana. The Atlanta Hawks are playing extremely good basketball. I have them as the fourth-best team in the Eastern Conference, and especially when healthy, this is going to be a team that is going to be a very big pain. And Indiana is just not at a point right now where they're worth backing. So I'll go in, lay five with the Indiana, or excuse me, with the Atlanta Hawks. Best bet. JVT, Hawks minus five over the Pacers. Aaron Renning on board with that, too. So uh, I will follow you guys in the association and hope for better results than I got from the Knicks last night, who were no-shows against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Atlanta Braves plus 180 to win the National League East will be my best bet. I don't have a lot uh, to play today. I do have some golf in action. I added one future, but the golf has already started. Um, Joaquin Neiman at 35-1 to was one futures bet I added. And it looks like you got a three-way tie atop the board right now at uh, Quail Hollow. Guys who are off to pretty good starts, Justin Thomas and Jason Day, each one under par Ooh, early in today's buddy, round. Here we I, go. Did you end up uh, playing Jason Day? How about Ricky Fowler's even through four? I think you bet Fowler. Did you bet Day? I actually have all three of those guys. Okay. So let's go. Ricky Fowler, Jason Day, Justin Thomas, and a couple of others. Justin Thomas. Uh, through a little, through some... Shingles on a shingles. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I should note really quickly as I get distracted. Um, Andrew Heaney price is up. Heaney dollar thirty-five favorite over the Rays. First five probably in the range of about like a dollar fifty or something like that. So 
I'll consider throwing Heaney on the card, too. I think Heaney's a really good buy location. That might be an addition for a best bet for you. It might the be. Angels. It might be. Angels. All right, we come back in a couple minutes. Baby Francesa breaks down more NBA games tonight. Stay tuned. I'll show you how to really look at your phone while you're on the air. Here are top horse racing plays for today from Express Bet Editor-in-Chief Jeremy Plunk. You ready for this? Yep. At Pimlico in race three, Jeremy likes number six, Sir Back in Black at 6-1 to one on the morning line. Moved to Pimlico for the first time is key with his son of Golden Lad, whose offspring have run exceptionally well at Pimlico since the meet opened two weeks ago. Trainer Jamie Ness aims for Pimlico annually. Should have this one ready for a minor upset bid. Win, place, six. And at Gulfstream in race seven, Jeremy likes number two. Arusia, a 2-1 to one on the morning line. No trainer has been hotter at Gulfstream since mid-April than Victor Barboza. All this analysis is mine, by the way. Six winners from his last 12 starts. Larusia moves to his barn for the first time. Likely will improve his form from his previous trainers. Win two, daily double 2-3, two, or 2-3, two to three, excuse me, to Barboza's only other starter on the card. Shovel door in race eight. You can bet these races and more using First Bet, the preferred horse betting app of VSIN. The First Bet app offers AI-assisted handicapping, Alan Iverson, wagering on more than 300 racetracks and HD live horse races and replays. You can get up to a $100 match bonus in your first deposit using the promo code Vegas100. Visit VSIN.com slash horses for more information. That is VSIN.com slash horses, promo code Vegas100. All right, La Russa. Is that in reference to Tony La Russa? La well, there's Russa? an I in there, so I, okay. I don't think so. You're an ageist. Uh, are you... Him. Are you bailing on Tony La Russa as manager of the Chicago White Sox if you find out he doesn't know the extra innings base running rule? Um, no, because bailing would indicate I was on board at some point. You were never on board. Never on board. <laughs> Come on. Too old school for you? Just a little bit, yeah. yeah. And knowing the rules kind of helps a little bit when it comes to managing a baseball game, knowing how to handle your bullpen. Like the White Sox are winning... Despite it's baseball Tony Hall of Famer Tony La Russa. Uh, well, being trashed right now by analytics expert Baby Francesa. Uh, I don't know about an expert, but uh, hey, you know what? <laughs> this guy doesn't know. I can't do it. I can't do a New York accent. <laughs> what happened to the good old days? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's break down the rest of the NBA card. One game we have not talked about yet. It's a big one. Memphis Grizzlies laying nine at Detroit, total of a 222. What do you have here? So I would say, this, so yesterday we talked about that, right? Memphis uh, doesn't get the cover against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, depending on the number, close three and a half. So if you laid that, you got in there by the hook. And if you took the four and a half, you got it with uh, Minnesota. But this is what's important because one of the things as I was watching that game, I would say, I guess for lack of a better term, failed to into handicap. You know, I mentioned that the um, Grizzlies humans run a slump offensively. To give you an idea, before the Timberwolves game, five games, offensive ratings of under 100 for three straight, then 111, 108.3. Those are pretty poor offensive ratings. And that they were in this pretty big slump. Minnesota, though, as we showed you in that graphic we were talking about earlier, still relatively poor defensive team. It's just that their offense has gotten better. The Grizzlies woke up offensively yesterday. Offensive rating of 135, took advantage of a relatively poor 
defensive team, you could probably do that here again against Detroit in terms of your offense kind of showing up and, and showing out. Those are the numbers, by the way, the T-Wolves since D'Angelo Russell's return that we're kind of referencing, right? Eight and eight straight up, nine, five and two against the spread. 10-6 and six to the over because their offense, 13th best, but one of the worst defensive ratings that you're going to see in the league. And so Memphis took advantage of that yesterday. And can they probably do that again here against Detroit? I would say yes. The problem is, again, similar to what you're talking about, right, when it comes to the Oklahoma City Thunder, these games against these bad teams, you are getting no discounts in laying these points mm-hmm. with these teams like Memphis. Uh, like we're talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder, right, catching 14 against the Golden State Warriors. The Pistons have been pretty bad lately, right? Their defense actually really isn't the culprit, though. It's their offense has been atrocious. 107.6, their offensive rating last time out for six consecutive games. Offensive ratings under 106. So that's been the bugaboo here for the Detroit Pistons. And quietly, one of the issues with Memphis, which ultimately has me off this game and why I don't want to lay 10, Memphis in the month of April had one of the better offensive ratings. They were also 21st in defensive efficiency. Yesterday, their defensive efficiency, 129.1. This defense has kind of fallen off, mm-hmm. and so when you play a defense at this level, like Memphis, your floor as an offense gets raised. And you could see a case here where Pistons kind of sneak into a number like this just because it's so high. So ultimately, kind of wave this off. Don't want really any part of it. Wouldn't be surprised to see if this is a little bit higher scoring. Your total's at like 220.5 Number's right dropping, by the way. Most books yeah. right now, it's down to 9. Okay, and see, and that, <laughs> that would make more mm-hmm. sense to me. 10 seems pretty rich given the way that Memphis has played over the last six games. Yeah, you're seeing a lot of uh, red numbers pop up on the NBA screen right now. A lot of action at this time in the morning on the NBA, and Circa's numbers are up. Memphis minus nine at Detroit. And so let's those... face it, the Grizzlies a young team. They don't win like the New, the New York Knicks of the 1980s. The physical nature of those teams was absolutely fantastic. That was when the, the was Garden was definitely the Mecca of the basketball. Garden, yeah. The Mecca. Garden was yeah. the Mecca. It, was, it always is. Memphis, <laughs> the biggest road favorite on tonight's card, the Grizzlies. Uh, your best bet, the Hawks, yeah. playing five at the Pacers. Circa has opened this five and a half, so yep. uh, a sharp number here. Total of 240. Again, tell us uh, how you look at this Hawks-Pacers matchup. A lot of it's anti-Pacers, but the Hawks are healthy for the most part. Again, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter aren't on the floor but this team, remember, they went through a stretch. Mm-hmm. John Collins, Clint Capella, Trey Young, Tony Snell, right? Bojan, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. I'll tell you why, when the Hawks guys. are fully healthy, they've got a lot of firepower. I, I huh? think there's a very realistic case. Like, there is, would I be insanely surprised? And actually, we had this story, right? We, we haven't gotten to this yet, right? The um, DraftKings reported that a veteran Colorado Tuesday placed $20,000 on the Hawks to win the NBA title at 100 to 1, right? Same better place, another 20000 on Atlanta to win the Eastern Conference at 40 to 1. Westgate reported taking a $5,000 bet on the Hawks on Wednesday at 80-1 to 1 odds. Mm-hmm. Do I think they're going to win a title? No. But would it really be surprising to you? I think they have a very good matchup against the New York Knicks. I think that favors them. Remember, they lost to the Knicks, what, two weeks ago. They were up by eight, and Trey Young got hurt in that game. They ended up losing in overtime. Right, right. right. They were kind of in control of that contest. I think they beat the Knicks in a first-round series. And then all of a sudden you're talking about potentially, and again, this is, I don't think they want any part of Philadelphia. Philadelphia beat the crap out of them in two games. One of them, Trey Young, was back, and that's a really bad mismatch. They want Brooklyn in the first round, though. They beat Brooklyn twice at the beginning of the year. I think from an offensive standpoint, poor perimeter defense against a team like that that's got mm-hmm. some ball penetration with Trey Young and the rest of those guys, that's a tough matchup for Brooklyn. So the case I'm making is they beat New York. They get Brooklyn in the first round, push them to like six games, cover a majority of those contests. Like the Hawks are going to be a really big pain if the bracket if the bracket falls perfectly for them. So wouldn't be surprised to see them make some noise in the postseason. So in March, the Hawks were five hundred to one to win the title at Caesars William Hill. Yeah, 
That was before they fired Lloyd Pierce. Yeah. Well, I, I look. I was anti Lloyd Pierce firing for the uh-huh. most part, um, mainly because they weren't really healthy either. Like health has been an issue for this team all year long. There's no denying that McMillan has upgraded this team, though. Like they are so much better under Nate McMillan. So, the story by uh, David Purdom at ESPN.com details how much is bet on the Hawks to win, and uh, I don't believe in the Hawks to that extent. I, I wouldn't either. No. No defense in today's are, NBA. Those are donations to the uh, the bookmakers right there. <laughs> you see the standings there for the Eastern <laughs> Conference. All right, we wrap it up. Last couple of minutes here. We revisit the Aaron Rodgers situation. We have plenty to get to before we head out here on this Thursday. It's Follow the Money, VCN, the Sports Betting Network. Are you ready? Download the PointsBet app now. Sign up using promo code VSIN2K to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. When you bet with PointsBet, you get faster bets, faster withdrawals, and faster rewards at your fingertips. Download the PointsBet app now to experience this premium sportsbook for yourself. So, are you ready? Terms and conditions apply. Voids were prohibited. Got to be 21 or older. Gambling problem. 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Matt Humans, Most impressive offseason in the NFL. Go. <laughs> uh, I'm... It could be the Broncos. Mm. It could be. The offseason's not over yet, JVT. It just not. begun. And if uh, the Broncos can pull off a deal for Aaron Rodgers, I think they have to be number one. Most impre- I like the Broncos draft. We'll see what they have to give up in a potential trade with the Packers for Aaron Rodgers. But that would be my number one offseason if, uh, if they can, they can pull, figure out a way to uh, make a deal with the Packers for the reigning MVP. He's 37, but he's obviously got two or three really good years left. Number one is key. Let's focus on that for a second. What's that? The number one. Because the number one. How many first-round draft picks? No, 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 no. no. June 1st. June 1st. Is a very key date in this whole situation. Rob Domofsky, ESPN NFL Nation Packers reporter, talked about that and why you might want to keep an ear out here on June Mm -hmm. 1st that this is when the deal could go through. They said they weren't going to trade him. But here's a key date when they might trade him, and that's after June 1st. I've already got it written on my calendar, June 2nd, 7.05 a.m. I'm on with Greeny to talk about what happens now because they might trade him then. And the reason? Because that's when the salary cap hit will be less for them if they move on. Right now, if they traded him, and there's no point in trading him now because they didn't do it before the draft where they could have gotten immediate help, but they would have saved only about $5 million on their salary cap. If they do it after June 1, they pick up $25 million on their cap right away. Yeah, if you do the math, it's pretty obvious this deal is not going to happen until some point in June if it does happen. By the way, Greeny, Mike Greenberg, not one of the greats in broadcasting like, let's say, Mike Francesa. Deary, remind me on June 2nd to tune in to get up. June 2nd, Rob Demosky, 7.05 a.m., on with Greeny on Get Up. Totally down with that. 
Uh, so I, it, it looks like it's going to be late summer, some point this summer or mm-hmm. late summer if this Rodgers uh, to Denver deal does happen. I, like I said with uh, Chad Andrus uh, during today's show, we had him on from Denver, talked about the likelihood of uh, this happening. I think at some point the Packers are going to face the reality that we got a chance to sort of uh, build our franchise for the future by getting a lot in return for a player who does has no intention of playing for us again. Right. Aaron Rodgers is stubborn. We saw the reports yesterday that he was joking with teammates, calling Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, Jerry Krause. You know, he's taking shots at the GM, calling him uh, a fat little loser like Jerry Krause. Did he use those terms? No, okay, okay. Jerry Krause was a winner. Helped the Bulls win six championships. It was mostly Jerry Krause's handiwork as a GM. There it is, the report, by the way. Bulls. Rogers mocked Packers GM Brian Gutekunst in team group chats. Somewhat, uh, somewhat like Jim Harbaugh when he would mock Jerry Krause. Uh, when it, was it Jed York who would mock in the locker room? Yeah. Who, when he was with the 49ers, when he would come in and kick him out of the <laughs> locker room. Uh, all right. Well, let's hear a little bit more on this. People that are connected. So June first, obviously, it makes financial sense for the Packers to yeah. do the deal after June first. So yeah, let's not get in a rush and think it's going to happen now. Or hey, this deal's not going to happen. Nothing's happening. Nothing really can happen until June. And I think the Dolphins are a sneaky candidate, but I understand that the Broncos should be at the top of the Dolphins list. Dolphins love Tua. If you're favoring the teams who are going to try to go get him, the Broncos are at the top, and Deanna Rossini of ESPN reiterated that after Domofsky's bombshell report of June 1st. <laughs> you're going to see any movement with Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be after that June 1 date. So let's talk about how everyone else is looking at the Packers right now from the outside. I had one head coach yesterday say, this reminds me of a marriage where one partner wants to get counseling and the other partner doesn't. And we all know those couples out there in the world and we know what happens, right? They, they get a divorce. There's certainly a feeling that this is not going to work out. I know Rob uses that 5% uh, way of describing it. And, and look, there's no way to really put a percentage on it. I can just tell you around the league, there aren't a lot of people that have belief that Aaron Rodgers is going to return to the Green Bay Packers. The Denver Broncos continue to be the team I hear that are going to be the most interested and are going to put the most in front of the Green Bay Packers to try to make this trade go down. Denver makes the most sense to me as well, I think most people. That's why when you look at the uh, odds of DraftKings on Aaron Rodgers and his uh, next snap, mm-hmm. his his team in week one of 2021, Packers are odds on favorites, minus 125. But the Broncos are the second choice. What, a two-to-one odds? Mm-hmm. I think of DraftKings right now. I I would bet on Aaron Rodgers being a Bronco in uh, week one. I think the, the Packers are going to... Seriously, you have to uh, look in the mirror and say, Aaron Rodgers is a diva. He's a drama queen. He's stubborn. He doesn't want to play for us. He's not going to play for us. Let's get a couple of first-round picks, a couple of players in return, and do the best thing uh, we can to build our franchise. And, hey, we drafted – the Packers drafted Jordan Love last year for a reason. Mm-hmm. Get him ready to play. He's a first-round draft pick. Uh, get him ready to play. If you believe in him, uh, now's the time. So I think the Packers at some point – even though they say all the right things when you're talking about Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst. You know, we're not going to trade Aaron Rodgers. We have no intention of trading him. Of course you don't. But at some point, you're going to have to change your mind and uh, realize the best thing to do is uh, trade Rodgers. And I think Denver is the most likely landing spot. I understand where you're coming from with the Dolphins, but don't you feel like the Dolphins, you're an ageist. 
Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. is 37. Two is a young man. They just drafted Tua's favorite quarterback or favorite wide receiver from Alabama. They're building around this kid, this charismatic kid. Why would you trade Tua for an old man like Aaron Rodgers? Uh, I mean, I'm an agent, but I also have eyes. And I, I realize that Tua Tungavailoa versus Aaron Rodgers that is not the way to go. And here's the thing. How but, high is Tua's ceiling? You know that? He's, I don't think it's very high. Okay. You don't? Not really. Okay. I don't either. I've never been a Tua guy, but. I, I said the even the year before the draft, I thought Justin Herbert should be the number one pick in the draft. You and, and I had a bet on it. And Tua was like a one to five favorite at the Westgate. And I told the Westgate odds maker, Herbert's a much better NFL quarterback than Tua. Right. But Joe Burrow had a lights out season with sixty T D passes and, and neither six one picks. of them went first. Yeah. And Joe Burrow go, goes first, Tua goes before Herbert. Hey, let's look at what Bill Barnwell proposed here. So He's got some trade proposals he threw up at ESPN.com. Three-team trade. There we go. Bill Barnwell does a great job. Smart guy. Throws uh, this scenario out there for the Miami Dolphins to make a deal for Aaron Rodgers. What do you think of this? So Packers are going to get a first-round pick, 2022 NFL draft, first-round pick, 2023. Fifth-rounder in the 2023 for Miami, and then a first-round pick. So a total of three first-round picks and a fifth. The Dolphins would get Aaron Rodgers in a fourth. Tua goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm in. Looks like the Steelers get screwed in that deal to me. I mean, who's better at this point, Big Ben or Tua Tungabailoa? Big Ben. I think so, huh? Right now. I think yeah. they might be the same quarterback. Guys who can't really throw the ball down the field for the most part. Somewhat limited. Regardless. Anyway, let's look at some more trade options here. Man, you're so anti-Dolphins, huh? Play this back when the I Dolphins just, win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. I'm not a Tua guy, okay? Denver Broncos get Aaron Rodgers in this one. Eric Stokes as well. Packers are going to get Sertan. Tim Patrick, Drew Locke, first-round picks in 2022 and 2023. You and I have talked about this a couple of times. The Drew Locke acquisition for Green Bay just doesn't make sense because they already have the young development of quarterback they I want to build around. I think Bridgewater makes more sense. Right. Like, getting him to potentially either start in front of Jordan Love if they feel like he's not ready yet. Mm-hmm. I just don't know Drew Locke. Like, the timetable is similar to Love, and I just don't know why having two young quarterbacks like that on your roster make much sense. You know? So, I, I like this proposal from Barnwell here, but I would substitute – Teddy B for Drew Locke, because if you're the Packers, you want Jordan Love to be your uh, franchise quarterback of the future. Bring in a veteran to kind of guide him. Aaron Rodgers really didn't have a, uh, any interest, right, in, mm-hmm. uh, in schooling Jordan Love, but Teddy Bridgewater might. He's a pro. So you're going to get two first-round picks back, a quarterback who can help you win now, who can help tutor Jordan Love, and you're going to get a wide receiver and a starting cornerback and Patrick Sertan, who's essentially – this is essentially three first-round picks. Yeah. If you're the Packers, why would you not do this deal? You're right. Look – You have to do this deal. Whether I agree – like, whether it's going to be Denver, whether it's going to be Miami. I know the other day you brought up the Saints potentially, right, as another one of those teams that was near the top I mean, of the list of DraftKings. I mean, you can see Sean Payton coming up with some sort of plan. Uh, you know, if he's Taysom not – Taysom Hill, by the way, started his NFL career with the Packers. Did you know that? Did they, wait, did they draft him? Uh, no, he's undrafted, signed with the Packers. Oh, I did not know that. Look at that. Go back home. But like those teams are near the top mm-hmm. of the list, right? But regardless, I would agree with the sentiment that if you are Green Bay, other than like it makes sense to get rid of Aaron Rodgers, whether it is to Miami, New Orleans, hell if it's to the Los Angeles Rams if they want to offer or something, sure. right? To get assets for Aaron Rodgers makes sense, and to not be stubborn and play the game and be like, well, if you're going to do this, then I'm going to do this. No. You want to get, and especially think about right. it too. Just given Aaron Rodgers' timetable, what's left of his career? Let's say he's got like three years ish left. Let's say he's got three good years left. Right. 
what you're getting back in return for a guy who's only going to play about three years is really immense mm -hmm. when you're thinking about the assets that you could acquire. Right. And then you move on to the future. So I would agree with that sentiment. Again, whether or not we agree. Here's one more, by the way. The Washington football team, Packers, we get Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, I always I'm not going to try magic. to pronounce, I can't pronounce Matt's last name. Two first-round picks, though, in 2022, 2023. And then two second-round draft picks, 2022 and 2023. So two first-round picks, two second-round picks. Uh, there you go. Matt I, Ionitis, defensive tackle. Two first-round yep. picks, two second-round picks. That's an interesting deal. It would be. And like in Fitzpatrick, the drop-off, we talked about the win total, right? I if really, go, really like Fitzmagic, by the way. Do you? Yeah, yeah you really, you don't love him. You really, 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 really like, like Fitzmagic. But the drop-off, we talked about it. The Jordan Love era starts. We talked to Johnny Velo. We talked to Nick Bogdanovich. Talking about a win total in the range of like six and a half. Fitzpatrick deadens that blow a little bit more, mm -hmm. right? You're talking about a team that could potentially win eight or more games. Well, it's interesting, too. You and I talked about the Packers' win total in 2021. We'll talk about this a little bit more on tomorrow's show. If Jordan Love is quarterback, what do you make the Packers' win total? Uh, Brian Windhorse is going to join us on tomorrow's show to talk some NBA, right? Yeah. Back after this. <laughs> you stole the line. Yeah, we're going to be back after that. <laughs> Baby Francesa, man, humans back for one more day here on Follow the Money. Coming up next, it is a numbers game here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back after this.